Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's the Dobrinar 360. It's NXT TakeOver in your house 2021. But I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Monty. How you doing, fella? I'm doing good. Back for another uh, edition uh, to talk about what I love, what we what we've grown to love to do, experience NXT. So it's cool that we get get to do this again. You know, deja vu. Well, without a doubt, like I said, after an epic NXT update, uh, it is time for the main course, which is TakeOver. Uh, and, of course, we've built up enough. I cannot wait to get on the, onto it. But before that, we had the press conferences um, that they've been doing. They did one for Standard Deliver. Now they've done one for In Your House. And the global press conference was held and hosted by Todd Pettengill and Wade Barrett. And the panel featured... Karrion Cross, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Ember Moon, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Garno, Pete Dunn, and LA Knight. The group answered numerous writing questions for the media. Uh, before we get on to what they asked, what did you think? Did you see any of the press conference? Uh, I did not see it. This is the actually, uh, you know, I, I figured they would do one, but I that was I did not know that they were going to do it again. I know I remember enjoying the stand and deliver one, but I thought since that was such a big, you know, event, WrestleMania, you know, uh, week and all that. I thought that's the only reason why they did it. So I wasn't even prepared for this. So this is all new to me, what happened at the <laughs> Well, I was about to say, luckily for me, obviously I didn't uh, stay up and, and watch TakeOver Live, obviously due to work. But the, the following day, I had uh, not only TakeOver, but the kickoff and the 45-minute press conference as well. So I just, I'm a glutton for punishment when it comes to stuff like <laughs> <laughs> You know, I... Before I started doing these things for content, I was a master at avoiding pre-shows. <laughs> whether it was on purpose or whether, you know, it wasn't. So uh, I usually like to get right into it. But, you know, I, I understand, you know, having to check out everything. Sometimes I get a chance to, but, I, it, you know, it's been a while and I missed it, unfortunately, for this one. But, yeah, uh, you really like that stuff, all that extra <laughs> extra build I, I can't help it honestly it's 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 a sickness it's they, they, give, me, yeah, they give me extra because it adds to the package and it doesn't yeah. but it, it, it you know but I, I pretend it does you know well, all right, uh, well let so, me know what you think let's just like if we highlighted everything you thought added to the package how long would it take <laughs> Well, let's let's find out now because uh, we had, <laughs> Cross said Kyle Riley is my biggest threat to the NXT title because he's the hungriest and he has the most to prove, which I think was interesting for Cross to actually, you know, when you've got four other guys, you don't usually pick out one, right? <laughs> you know, that, like. that's very interesting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we we had uh, Pete Dunn was asked the following question: If you win the WWE NXT Championship, do you so see yourself taking it to the UK for regular defenses? He says UK is my brand and always will be. I build it so the door is never closed. But listen, I'm not going to be defined by a record-breaking title run with the NXT UK title. My career is going to be defined by what I do with the NXT title, and that starts tomorrow. Um, we talked about Pete Dunn quite extensively on the the update, and that's basically hit the nail on the head what we were talking about as well. Yes, I really love hearing him say that. You know, like I think I mentioned that uh, on the on the you know the update that uh, he needs something bigger than just continuing to always go back to that to that reign to NXT UK. It is time for him to expand and start taking over other brands and other 
show. So uh, I love the fact that that's going to be his character's focus going forward. Like he said, that door is always open to go back to the Pete Dunn deserves to have his name known globally. So hopefully we can, you know, get started on that uh, arc in his career. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and also a couple of notes about it, uh, about the press conference itself. It's funny that WWE trying to move away from the past. We saw that with trying to replace JR, you know, half a dozen times, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But Todd Petty is still a <laughs> pro. And it's, it's, I know he's aged a little bit in the 30 years, but he can still, you know, the voice that he's got and the kind of the way he sells it. Why yeah. aren't they just keep, why don't you just keep the good ones? <laughs> you know, why? I understand that completely. And, you know, and, and Michael Cole gets a lot of flack, but it's so bad to where I, I, I'm actually, I, I like, I miss hearing Michael Cole everywhere. Uh, on like, <laughs> as far as the weekly roster, main roster shows, like, Michael Cole and even with Pat McAfee, yeah, Pat McAfee's been doing a good job, by the way. Uh, you know, I, I literally look forward to their commentary, not only because it's that two-man style that I grew up loving and enjoying, too, which I think they need to go back to. But besides that, you know, it's been good three-man commentary teams also. Like you said, why not keep the good ones? I do not understand why WWE has such a problem with their history. But at the same time, love reminding us about their history <laughs> it's very weird like they want to move on but they don't want to move on but we want them to move on <laughs> it's, yeah it's, weird. it's, it's got, very weird they've got their new they've got their new girlfriend and you know they say but you'll never be like you know she was it's like why do you keep going on about it like either it, oh, you're exactly. with me now Oh, you're not, you know. But um, and another cool little thing: Gonzalez and Cross were sitting next to each other. Of course, they did the stand and deliver press conference as well. And Gonzalez answered one of the questions, and she actually uh, Cross fist bumped her, which I thought was just quite cool. <laughs> that they're probably quite similar, you know, two badass kind of hills at this moment in time. And he answered well. I was like, yeah, a bit of respect there, you know. Yeah, I like that. It's a progression, especially if they're going. At, at the rate that their reigns on, they would be at, at, at all of the the future press conferences, you know, at least for for the rest of this year at this pace. <laughs> well, uh, well, another thing that made me laugh was Adam Cole's facials. Uh, really funny. Uh, every time someone, you know, was answering a question he disagreed with, it says the NXT roster beats Raw and SmackDown. Um, I mean, what your what your thoughts on that? Do you think the NXT roster is better than Raw and SmackDown's roster? I think from uh, as a, it's it's the most complete. You know, we can find holes in, on the main roster in uh, certain areas, like you know, they're the women's division, and, and trust me, we can all. I think we all can agree NXT's been doing a way better job with the women's division uh, uh, by comparison on both shows. Uh, the tag team divisions uh, are okay, but it's also inconsistent on the main roster, and I think NXT tag division has improved. So overall, yes, I think they have a better roster. Uh, and you know, SmackDown on a, from a storytelling standpoint, sometimes it still gets me. You know, especially the Roman Reigns stuff. But other than that, yeah, NXT is probably the the best that WWE has to offer across the board. Especially if you think about a complete show. Well, that's one I kind of felt when Adam Cole said that, especially with Gigano and others there as well. It's kind of that's what the roster thinks. I think it's a great thing. To be and talking about Gagano, Johnny was on point. I mean, he's the leader of NXT. We talk about the kind of Bret Hart of NXT, where it is. He says right. the people who doubt him will eat their words. Uh, he says his last championship was a joke with the with the main title, and he wants to change that. Uh, I actually can't remember the last takeover without him, whether it be for the North American title, for the NXT championship in a grudge match. I, I, 
you know, in my mind, think maybe when he was injured, like the last right. time he, he missed a takeover, he is Mr. Yeah. Consistent as well. Yeah, definitely Mr. Takeover. He got he has it in his, in his name for a reason. If there is ever uh, like a WWE Hall of Fame just for NXT or just like if you could get into the Hall of Fame based on an NXT career, if his career ended the day, Gargano would probably be the first and I don't know about only in like the NXT wing <laughs> of the Hall of Fame yeah. if they want to separate <laughs> it or not. Like he's that's really how accomplished he is on that brand. And like you said, one of the most important him and Finn Balor at this point have edged out two of the most impressive NXT careers that you can think of. So, yeah, definitely Gargano deserves all of the love. And I love you highlighting that Bret Hart role or, like, that leadership role. He's definitely, uh, you know, one of those names that are synonymous with NXT. Yeah, but uh, that Grimes also was there, and he said he worked from the bottom. And he looked around, and he said, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't. And he looked at Gonzalez and goes, you did, so we cool. Which is smart of him. <laughs> which is smart of him. Um... Most of the questions directed to Grimes and Knight, or sorry, L.A. Knight, were from Spain, which is fine over like a 45-minute period when you're getting different questions. But when you look and go, so three people from Spain uh, asked a question about this match. They must really dig it. You know what I mean? Like, um, And then we had Carla Riley saying Grimes is one of the best wrestlers ever because uh, Grimes had just paid him off. Uh, and then finally... <laughs> Frost was asked if he will go down as the brand's greatest ever champion. He said, I'm not a very big fan of undermining people's intelligence. And I don't think that's really something anyone in this business should put on themselves. I think the universe and NXT fans should decide who the greatest will be in due time. Cross responded. Um, you talk about greatest NXT champions of all time. I think for me, there's a couple that definitely on the list. I think Gagano doesn't make it, but I think Adam Cole and Finn Balor for me would definitely be out there. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think by far Finn Balor, Adam Cole, uh, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of anyone who who else who would stay. A lot of the the we had a nice run of NXT champions. Who uh, I, I love Kevin Owens' run. I don't know if that makes him best ever, but pretty good. Uh, you know, especially since he brought the the title on the on the main roster brand and debuted the way he did. But you know, at the same time, I don't. His, his don't compare to Adam Cole and Finn Balor's run. So, yeah, Finn Balor and Adam Cole are the main two that, I can, that come to mind. You, you can, whichever one is your fave, you can choose out of them. Uh, but uh, I love his answer, though. I love Cross's answer, answer. You know, it's very honest and very truthful. It really isn't anything he can do to determine it because it's going to change depending on, you know, who, who you're asking most of the time anyway. So. Yeah, I feel about that. But like I said, the press conference, uh, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was better than the kickoff, which unfortunately we've got to cover next. Of course, 13th <laughs> of June, we've got a free show. Sam Roberts and Justin Bariso hosted a show and ran oh. through the lineup. Justin looked to be sh- shitting it. I don't know if he was scared or it looked like he was stooping under a doorway each time. Now, I'm sorry if he's got an affliction like that, which I don't know about. I apologize. But it was just so odd to see someone so uncomfortable, you know? I, I, I see, you know, that, and that's one of those things, you know, uh, the pre-show is what it is. I, like you said, we don't know. Hopefully maybe, maybe it was nerves. Maybe it was, you know, in this particular, I don't know how many times he's been in the pre-show host. I don't know. I haven't really been keeping up with these things. Like I say, like I mentioned, but yeah, uh, honestly, I, 
I am uncomfortable when the pre-show kicks off. So at least he had someone also there, just because most of the time I don't want to watch the uh, the pre-show. So you weren't alone, my guy. I just want you to know. Well, <laughs> we're gonna get through it, goddammit. Uh, we get footage airing from early in the day of Ted DiBiase's limo arriving with security detail. DiBiase emerged from the limo with one of security guards carrying the million-dollar title belt inside a briefcase. We see a video package, course of L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes. And then we have an advert for TakeOver. Why the fuck have an advert for TakeOver <laughs> when you're watching the show? What the fuck? Oh, do I they think it. we're idiots? <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, sometimes they stream it. I think because, like, sometimes I've been on, I've been on social media and they're streaming the pre-show like live on Twitter or sometimes they'll stream it on YouTube. So maybe they're trying to get some more Peacock subscriptions, but yeah, it never made sense to me. I remember being at a WrestleMania and sitting through that pre-show years ago in New Orleans. And uh, the pre while the pre-show going on, we're getting, we're, we're promoting uh, WrestleMania to us also. Like uh, it, people in the arena are watching an advert for the thing we've already bought a ticket for. It's like, what do you want me to do? You want me to get on the WWE <laughs> Network while I'm in my seat? I'm here. What, 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 why do I have to see this? Well, the thing of it is like, oh, is that on as well? Oh, I just came to watch the Battle Royal. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just here for the pre-show. You know, that's, that's definitely why I spent all of this money for. <laughs> uh, we see footage of Kyle O'Reilly arriving at the venue early in the day. He's confronted by the Way members who arrived at the same time. Riley got to a brief shoving match with Johnny Gagano, well, Austin Theory, or Kansas Vane in the Hartwell stood by. Security and William Regal quickly intervened. I mean, Regal is going to have a heart attack before too long. Oh, I mean, he can't, he can't keep at this pace. Yeah, I feel so bad for him. This is the worst job ever. I, I would be demanding a bonus, especially from Triple H, who, just, who we know uh, calls the shots, but he's just only around when he wants to be. Like, oh, no, yeah, no, he, no, I need yeah. a bonus, Hunter. You're not going to have me but breaking up. I'm in control yeah. all the time, but then now you pop up when you want to, and yeah, you no, act all much cool work. with Poppy, yeah, you <laughs> act all nice, and yeah, have a little laugh, pop, and then you fuck off when all the shit breaks down. <laughs> where, where are you? I'm in the middle of this. I would be so stressed every time I see Hunter backstage. <laughs> you know oh, when fuck. things are gonna pop off, and you are nowhere to be found. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, we see a video package airing of Raquel Gonzalez and Ember Moon. We get footage airing of Arash Makazi interviewing Bronson Reed, Wesley and Nash Carter early in the day. Um, he then joins them and <laughs> discuss the Reed and MSK versus the Garda Del Paso tag team matchup. Uh, there was <laughs> I'll get on to it in a minute because uh, I want to get through this quickly. We see... Um, Gala Del Fantasma speaking about what the NXT Championship means to them as well. And it's funny how being together a whole year is such a massive achievement. They were saying, like, Legado's been together a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's getting that bad for teams and, 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 and factions in WWE. <laughs> we're like, celebrating. Can't Okay. What, you've been together four months. Wow, that's, that's amazing. It'll turn on you soon enough. Right. Oh, my God. Uh, we get a cool TikTok ad. I don't, I'm not into TikTok, but I like the ad. <laughs> and then the host briefly discussed Mercedes Martinez versus Ian Lee. And then the three guys standing there looked like aliens dressing up as humans. 
Now, I don't know, I don't know if it's me, but they were trying on their human skins. And Sam, <laughs> the, the, the middle, Roberts was the kind of, who's beat, played a human before. But the other two were just not sure how this worked. Like, that, that's what I thought. I may be crazy. I'm sure other people thought that as well. After listening to that, now I want to watch the pre-show. <laughs> My work here is done. My work here is done. Uh, <laughs> finally, the focus for the main event as well. Well, what was the point of that? You should listen to our podcast update. Um, we're glad this is only half hour. Go back and listen to the next update because obviously it's got more about it. We did a much better show hyping as well. Uh, so that was a kickoff. So we're going to move on now to the main show. And I love to start for, for nearly a decade, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Uh, it was just took me right in there, took me straight in. And then we see uh, a really uh, retro intro with a video package running through the takeover matches with Todd Pettengill voiceover. And then Doc Hendricks <laughs> closed out by playing up the In Your House theme. We see Naomi Fox, yes, lead Naomi Fox, walk onto the stage and perform the In Your House theme song. Uh, there was speculation of the performance being hindered by either technical difficulties or bad lip syncing. We cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> and then Todd Pecker was introduced as the host for the show. He walked onto the stage and said it was good to be home. And he played up the fact that it was the biggest crowd today, at least. Um, what did you think of the openness? I loved everything apart from the song, I think it would be fair to say. Uh, see, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, I've got to stop fine. doing that. I'm, I'm talking enough. <laughs> Everything was fine. You know what I mean? It was cool. I, I really, I enjoyed the theme. I enjoyed the, you know, the the intro and like the, the way it was narrated. Everything hit home for me. Literally, I think that's what they were trying to do. Uh, <laughs> in more ways than one, they wanted to hit home and they did. So that was cool. But as soon as the live performance started, I immediately was like, Yep, this is this took a turn, an unexpected turn. I was not ready for it. Like it had to be something going on. Maybe it was technical difficulties. Definitely some limp seeking because I I don't think she was saying what was act, what was I what I was hearing. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> situations where what you were seeing didn't match up with with what you heard, and it ain't, and the song was not that good anyway. Like it just it was repetitive, so it was just it was okay. It was just bad. Okay, that's the only thing I say. I can't even do it justice. The song part kind of just threw it all off for me. But, you know, I, I knew that uh, things would pick up once the wrestling began. So I just immediately was ready to look forward. <laughs> well, it's funny, what uh, WWE, Network, WWE Network should have tweeted out, like, it's not technical difficulties, this is just shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I don't, whatever, I don't know what technical difficulty could explain that mess. That's all I can say. I don't know how they could explain it. With just a technical difficulty. It right, just wasn't any uh, really good. No. I tell you what music was good though, in the intro package. It's the old style that you've not heard for yeah. twenty years, like the you know, the, the, all that kind of this <laughs> stuff that used to really get you excited. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, the, 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 the. you go, Oh my yeah. god, and now they just don't do it anymore. But hang on. We'll, 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 we we love tape, we love NXT. People listen to this go, they fucking hate it. <laughs> Seriously, seriously, the virtual fan screens are gone and increase the number of fans in the building. They also use mm-hmm. the in-house set on the entry stage to set. What did you think of the set? I thought, like I said, I think it looked awesome. Yeah, it looked great <laughs> for what they uh, for what they 
could work with, I guess, in the CWC. It wasn't wasn't breathtaking, uh, but it, it, it accomplished the goal. Again, I think I said this last time we reviewed it in your house. Do you remember the old sets? It wasn't necessarily <laughs> they didn't have as much production value <laughs> as uh you know as WWE had as time went on. But you know uh, it, they got the point across. Everything looked nice, and it was always it was definitely great to see the people back in uh, the stands. Uh, I've been I've been loving the more and more you know the more increased volume of fans I've been seeing across the bar when it comes to professional wrestling. Uh, so it's always cool. Uh, everybody know the fans, the reactions. They make these shows a hundred times better. So uh, that that's that is definitely a bright spot. But uh, yeah, the set was cool. I thought I thought it, it accomplished the goal and it fit it fit the aesthetic perfectly for what they were going for. Uh, one last question before we get into the actual then, or a couple of them. Uh, excitement level for the event, seeing as we did build up for three hours, and also what is the <laughs> match? What is the match you're most looking forward to seeing on the show? Uh, so my excitement, I don't, I, I hope this does, I hope this mat, uh, this matches our long review. I was, uh, relatively excited. I don't think that matched it all at all after saying what I thought. Uh, uh, but the show itself, uh, the match that I know that I was just thinking about constantly was definitely with the best build and everything was, uh, Grimes and Knight to me, as much as I, uh, was looking forward to the Fade of Fireway and I did enjoy that build also. Grimes and Knight has been has given me a little bit of everything. If you see what I mean, the comedy, uh, the uh, trying to figure out where the story was going, so it was a little suspense there. And you get paid off with a, a big time match and a lot of match step stipulation. So uh, you know, and I just love everything Cameron's been doing. So I was ready to see that pay off. Uh, so yeah, definitely was uh, looking forward to that match. But uh, I was yeah. I more. I, was I more excited than Stand and Deliver? No, it wasn't to that extent, but I definitely was excited for the show. Well, I think Grimes tonight is the true main event, but let's start the action. Yeah. We've got Vic Joseph way back, Beth Phoenix on commentary, and we see uh, Bronson Reeds and MSK Wesley in Nashcar versus Legado del Fantasma, Santos Espel, Wake World, Real Mendoza for the NXT North American Championship and the NXT Tag Team titles. Now, I'm not being racist. But every time oh, I have to make sure. Okay, hold on. I have to make oh. sure. No. <laughs> yeah. No, hang on. Hang on. You don't know when this could take <laughs> could a take really a dark turn. turn. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not a racist. But I will say, every time uh, Mendoza or Wild are in the ring, I have to make sure. I have look at them and I go, "Is that Mendoza or Wild?" And then I'm like, "That's definitely Mendoza." And, and again, I don't know if it's right. I'm not saying all uh, Lucha Libre wrestlers look the same. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that sometimes I look and I go, which one's got a uh, gotcha? Yeah, that's just me. Uh, do, do, you, do you have any trouble with your Mexican wrestlers? <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't go, that's Andrade or something like that. You know? Oh my God, this, this is going very little. <laughs> Not right at all. This is going, to... but uh, anyway, uh, I will say this: they do have, they did have, they do have masks on. So you know, not being able to recognize somebody in a mask is pretty normal. Well, the thing uh, that I loved when I, I was thinking this, and then they had their names on their tights, and I thought, you exactly say. Oh my god! Well, the only thing, anyway, I will say this: I will say this: they have two different body types for me. Okay. 
There you go. Uh, uh, Joaquin Wilde is more lanky. So, like, uh, you know, I, I kind of use his, his, his limbs, his lankier, longer arms to be able to tell the difference. And then Mendoza is a stockier guy. So, you know, if they, if they ever lose weight, you know, I don't know. If, 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 uh, if uh, Mendoza lose weight, maybe I don't know. But at the same time, yeah, I think I can tell them apart. I will say that. I, I can tell them apart. And but I will say that when you start off a city with I'm not racist, nothing good comes out of it. <laughs> I didn't know. No matter what. I've never heard it turned the right way. I've just never heard it used the right way. That's all I'm saying. You, you say the sentence, look, I'm not racist, but but <laughs> Just stop right there. Whenever no, people, if you're out there, if they ever come to your mind, and you say, I'm not racist, but just stop it. Just leave it. That you're racist. Just, just you're, you're <laughs> <laughs> send, send any emails to the WL podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so we, we had a match, and it was definitely Mendoza who started with Lee uh, yeah. with their teams with exchange of quick takedown attempts for Carton Wild. Tagged in and did the roaming routine. Neither man had a clear advantage until the thick boy came in. And after Escobar found out how heavy Reed was the hard way, <laughs> he tagged in an enthusiastic wild. Uh, the North American champion always pinned with a big slam for him and MSK. Hit a triple team move for another two count. There was some lovely chemistry and moves from MSK and Reed as well, uh, which I really, really enjoyed. I was surprised by that, man. They had, I didn't know how much they had worked together, but they definitely came up with uh, some moves together. So that was cool. Well, everyone tips turns and dives out of the ring until Reed took out everyone with a gigantic suicide dive. Um, I, I was amazed by him diving and laugh at what Beth Phoenix said. She said it's raining men, which, yeah. which again. <laughs> I caught that. I caught that. Uh, what, what a sequence that is. And once they got back in the ring, the guy left for a long time, but keeping Lee isolated in the corner with quick tags. We've seen assisted for 50 by Legado, which. I'm trying to think, you know, have I seen that before or not? Uh, Santos with the Michinoku driver on Reed managing to get him up. Uh, Lee saved his team by flight, literally. Uh, outside, <laughs> Reed ended up putting Escobar through the barricade to take him out of the match. This allowed him and MSK to take out Wild and Mendoza. Mendoza at MSK's finisher, then squashed by the Tsunami. What were your thoughts on this opening match? Man, this match was way funner than it had any right to be. You know, uh, I thought uh, everyone deserves some credit. Everyone involved. Uh, they could have fought for, they could have found this match in. It was a six-man match. They could have made it look like any other six-man tag or in it, or just like a regular TV NXT match. But they definitely came out there with the intention to set a good tone for TakeOver. And I think they accomplished that. Uh, and they put on a show. Uh, Reed destroying Escobar again was obviously the highlight. Honestly, it was just I knew as soon as he looked at us, like when he once you break the once you look at the camera directly, I just knew okay, yeah, he's about to get wiped out, and that's exactly what happened. And this the sound effect was just perfect. Like it just no more like R.I.P. Uh, Santos Escobar. I read that on my timeline while the match was going uh, as the match ended, and I was just like, yeah. I understand it <laughs> without even without the context of watching it. I understand <laughs> that why you think, yeah, rest in peace, because that was a crazy spot. But it, it was beautiful. I love the callback. And, uh, you know, the predictability I thought would come into effect didn't really matter because the match was just that fun. So I gave it three and a half stars. 
Well, three and a half stars there. Uh, well, like I said it was a great way to start. Uh, I think Escobar will get another shot. He can uh, maybe yeah. argue that he wasn't involved. Uh, like I said on update, there's a smell of leave. And he's getting that momentum, which is all important for, for a good guy, isn't it? I think people forget that sometimes. Yeah, and, you know, just being on the winning side in this situation, and uh, this helped both both champions, both sets of champions. Like I said, MSK, you know, uh, got moments to shine in this match. Reed, obviously, uh, shining. Like like we said, Escobar is the man. He's all, I think he has his role now, especially post-cross. Escobar's role has been uh, a foil that they feel like they can put anywhere. And, you know, because he's that good, you know, he believes in his character and he's so believable himself in the ring. He's uh, He can take advantage and he has credibility. And I love that because the winning, being a, a long reigning cruiserweight champion in, in WWE has never really meant much. So when you see how, how much of a threat he is to titles now, even off of just a long cruiserweight title reign, it just shows you the, uh, how we look at that cruiserweight belt completely different than we have in the past. So I like that. Uh, but yeah, the future is looking bright. I think Escobar and Reed will meet one-on-one down the line. Yeah, and I think Legado is still the most AEW thing about NXT, which is not a bad thing <laughs> when it when it comes to it. I like to match matching outfits, not as the moves of MSK and Lee uh, and uh, Bronson Reed. And Wesley is great. I don't know if I've said that yes. yet. Uh, but is there a chance MSK become too bland as a face team, and or can they work that kind of cocky hills into that character if they need to be? You know. I honestly, based on some, like I said, I've mentioned this before here, some people's reactions, because some people hate them already. I haven't, I don't think they've been around long to really even been given a chance, but I guess I definitely can see how they can come off as bland. They don't, you know, their match style is cool, but once you've seen it, you know, you know, we all know that that can get not only repetitive, but if you're not doing what you need to do with them story-wise or, you know, character-wise, then, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are in the ring, you can uh come off stale. So uh I think I don't know. I really would like to see more of their personalities first before I can say how they would work as heels right now. I know their wrestling style can get them over, but what do you we really know about them character wise other than mm. um you know Nash Carter's uh father, you know, uh, passing away or you know that and having that little bit of story like how much it meant to him to become a champion. That's that's pretty much it. They haven't really been given. They have really haven't given us much character other than that. Other than that, they're cracking jokes and they're just accepting challenges. So until I get to see more of what they have charisma wise, I don't know if they would work as a heel right now. I think what they're doing right now is best su- is what they're best suited for with based on what I've seen them be allowed to show us. But I think that's an excellent point as well. We need to talk about what have we learned, and it's the same thing with Bronson Reed. We've just worked out or just been told he's got a wife and he's had this journey now which adds stuff but again not to hark on about it but just if you look at adam cole and johnny gargano in context we know their wives their wives are wrestlers do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. we know everything about them we know what they like what they don't like and i think sometimes it gets forgotten about where especially with a good guy wrestling in the face like you you need a reason to like them, you know, whether it will be exactly. whatever it is with stuff they like and stuff they do. Uh, so scores out of five anyway. You said four. yeah, I gave three. And I, thought and a, I thought this was a great way to start, so I'm going to give it a four. Prediction wise, it is Monty versus James yet again. Uh, both went uh, Reed and MSK, so it's one all there. Poll wise, 69% for the faces, so not 
much surprise. Uh, we get a SummerSlam ad airing and hyping tickets going on sale. We get Hell in a Cell advert as well. And then we get footage from the pre-show of Carla Riley's pre-show, which is the way. So I didn't really have to watch the pre-show. Anyway, <laughs> we see Gil tried to use a VHS tape to set up highlights. But Mackenzie Mitchell oh. stopping him and had the truck full footage of Mercedes Martinez defeating Zia Lee in the May Young Classic. Uh, this was just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yes. like yeah, I loved it. I, I, I also felt old immediately once I realized that it's little kids at home trying to figure out what was he holding and why, why was he doing this. <laughs> like, when, what kind of TV is that? Like, they, I bet it was some kid with a, with questions that would have made me feel very, very old. <laughs> Mummy, what's he doing to that machine? Our next match is Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee. And me Ying watched the match from a chair on the stage. And Zia Lee coming out for her entrance. Uh, the, the, attire, yeah. the blue attire actually had the sword. She looked awesome. There's no other yes. word, is there, really? A million bucks. Looked like a million bucks. That's back to like what we were saying. Sometimes you can just feel that. Like that's that's and I'm not saying it's the first time she's looked like that because she's always in great shape and all of that. But like she looked like a a star, a, a legit star right there. No matter what the what you think about the background or whatever else, when she came out and the lights and then the pose and all of that, oh yeah, she looked legit. Right, uh, well we get on to the match and they locked up and fell out of the ring fighting for control. Martinez had the upper hand until Lee used an illegal hold to wear her down for a full five count. Lee dominated Martinez until she avoided a kick at ringside and Lee hit the ring post. She almost failed to make it back into the ring by the count of ten. From that moment forward, Martinez was in the driver's seat. But then after a short scuffle at ringside, Lee now Martinez with a kick out of nowhere for the win. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match first? Because this is a bit surprising that this was the takeover match to begin with, though. Yeah, it was, like I said. So based on expectations, this is really what – this is probably a bright – maybe I expect it to go a little bit longer, but not really. I mean, like, my expectations for this was probably going to be something like, that, like this. It was competitive, uh, you know, but it wasn't, like, too competitive. Uh, it wasn't. I wasn't a squash either, though. So it was just like one of those, like just a solid match. Maybe something you would see on the NXT. So maybe it didn't have much room for our takeover based on what we what we're used to seeing on takeover, especially in the women's division. But I thought it was a a solid match, and we need a we need a badass name for Zia Lee's kick to finish because I I didn't like how everybody reacted to it, but no one had a name. It would have been a great time to drop that name and introduce people who may not know much about Zaya or have only seen, haven't seen this character. Uh, it would have been nice to have a nice name for that because it reminds me of the Trouble in Paradise, basically, is what it looked like. So, but I, I like it, and uh, you know, and I think they should keep protecting Zaya Lee, and because in this match, what I learned from her is that she's more about hurting the opponent than she used to be, and I like yeah. that uh, that character trait. So. It, it was definitely some things there, uh, but yeah, the match wasn't really, you know, that, you know, wasn't really a, like a, a takeover worthy match. So I gave the match itself three and a quarter. But yeah, I thought for the storytelling purposes, it accomplished its goal. Yeah, I mean, it was as good as it could have been, I suppose. And, um, right. you know, you, you talk about uh, we, we talked about this on update, you know, NXT update the past you know, few months or so about this being a secondary women's feud. 
Uh, that is kind of telling a story, building them up, and it's on a takeover. And the fact is, all the men's kind of feuds and stuff like that will be on there. So why not have this on? And yeah, like I said, maybe it's not the level we expect, but we are spoiled when it comes to takeovers as <laughs> exactly. well. And, and and this and then I thought, why is this match? And then it wasn't until what happened after. So I thought, right, this is why it's on takeover because Boa handed Leah a chair after it was over. Mm-hmm. She has stayed long enough for Martinez to recover and take it from her. She proceeded to take up both members in Shah with a chair, but then the masked leader stood up uh, on the stage and approached Martinez. They had a long stare down for me and grabbed her by the throat. Martinez tried to block it, but then Ying right back to float throw again and throw it off the platform to end the segment do not Ooh. mess with the death grip uh me ying they're showing that she will dominate i suppose <laughs> exactly i didn't <laughs> i don't really know i'm i'm the exact same way like does it like but it has me and i like that's the reason why I, I agree with you that this is when i realize yeah this is why it's here because now i'm way more interested to see you know like you know like i said what how much more will we see of Mei Ying. Does that mean she will be getting physical more going forward? Is she going to get in the ring at some point? Is that is that what we're going to end up getting? Is that the payoff? You know, because maybe we I would think it's about the, repur- the refocus of, of Zia Lee, but maybe this whole entire store was really setting us up for, you know, an, also another addition to the women's division who can be dominant. Because doing someone like Mercedes like that, even though Mercedes hasn't won much, she, is a, uh, she does have a look. She does have a threatening uh, demeanor about her character. So the fact that she can just get thrown away like that means something. And that's a great way of, of establishing this new mythical character that we don't know much about. So it definitely got me even more interested in what Tian Sha has going as a whole and what, what does the future look like, you know? So uh, yeah. I thought that was, I thought this was the true goal of this segment was establishing that, and I, I like that it had the, it got the spotlight over takeoff. Yeah, I completely agree, and I'm in. Like I said, I am in to this if that's what we're going to do. Uh, out of five, uh, I'm going to give this a three and three quarters out of five, just because of the after-match shenanigans. Uh, right. I do like me some shenanigans, so I'm going to add that. Uh, you gave that three and a quarter out of five, didn't you, for that one? Yes, so. yes sir. Uh, prediction, uh, we did prediction wise, uh, we both went Zaya Lee, so it's two all for that. And poll wise, Lee got 68%. Um, we see the dangerous bastards, Tomasa Champa <laughs> and uh, to Thatcher, they get fired up while talking about the tornado tag match with the grizzled young vets that will air on NXT next. Um, on a side note, because I did enjoy the promo, I would love to see the way feud with the dangerous bastards for the tag gold <laughs> because then it would add another layer to the Gagano unit, you know? Yeah, it would they would be a great uh team to put 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 them against, especially since they are the opposite. So, you know, you have such seriousness from the dangerous bastards and like, you know, intensity and you have Gargano and theory cracking jokes or one of them being an idiot and the you know the other one being so over the top that it works perfectly. And someone needs to check on Champa and Thatcher's chairs because they get abused weekly. So <laughs> I've always noticed that about these promos and those chairs, man, they get slammed up against <laughs> the wall <laughs> and whatever else. Like they have no care for those chairs at all. <laughs> the chair's like, you, you're going to treat me right? Yeah, no, you'll be fine. Are you sure? Because last time, you... no, 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 sit down. And then I said, whoop, Speaking of chairs, well, speaking of chairs, we move on seamlessly to ladders. 
because we've got a video package for the ladder match next. <laughs> we've got Ted DiBiase making his entrance. He's accompanied by two security guards. One of the guards, of course, carried a clear case that contained the Minnesota Championship belt. L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes made their entrances. Grimes, of course, was cheered to the moon. <laughs> uh, and then we get on to the match. And L.A. Knight used his size advantage to push Grimes around a bit at the start. Grimes found a way to get the upper hand for Knight, tried to bring ladder into the ring. Grimes narrowly avoiding getting crushed by a ladder a couple of times. They tried to use it as a weapon a few times unsuccessfully, for it finally became a factor. Knight got squashed against a barricade with a ladder, which uh, was quite impressive. And what I was more impressed with, and you know me, Monty, I, I love little things. The apron came down, broke during the matchup. Referee just literally went around the corner, fixed it nice and quickly without any issues. I was like, that is good work, mate. That is good work. You notice the littlest things, man. I don't understand. See, you make me realize that I watch the wrestling, but sometimes I don't. I I really don't watch the wrestling. (laughs) Like, I don't know what I'm watching sometimes on the things you notice. Because I would have never picked that up. Because I'm just not paying attention to the ref. But there you go. Not the good job, ref. Good job, good job man. Good job. <laughs> All right. Uh, Grimes sent Knight into a ladder with a beautiful release German suplex. Knight got his revenge with a net breaker onto the side of the ladder. Fucking hell, that was some bump. Uh, in a funny spot. In a funny spot, Knight went to uh, said Grimes into a ladder, but got sent head first into it himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, uh, I was liking. Uh, then he got back dropped into one and sent over the top onto another ladder. Uh, which, again, you're thinking the risk that these guys are taking. Grimes ended up bringing the biggest ladder. See, especially painted gold for the occasion. Uh, both my both men climbed the opposite sides, began to brawl at top. Knight fell first, but knocked the ladder over to prevent Grimes from securing the belt. We then see some ladder construction. And it's a bit like tables matches. If you see a table set up or a ladder set up, that's gonna. That's for later. You know, yep. put that mm-hmm. there. Move on. And we see Grimes climbing part of the set that took out his opponent with a huge dive. Now, I don't think we've talked. I mean, we've put Grimes over a hell of a lot for character and everything like that. But Pat can move, so to speak, and the way he got up there and jumped down—that is an impressive dive as well. You know. Oh man, yeah, he's. I think someone, either someone on commentary, called him nimble as a cat. I mean, he definitely yeah. is nimble at at times. That he and the thing that's the best thing about him, like for example, I love Ricochet, but he's so athletic and he looks like he's athletic just by looking at him. You can tell that he's an athlete. So when he do something amazing, it's impressive. But he looks like a great athlete. Cameron Grimes looks like a regular guy. He's like an everyday guy. He does things so effortlessly. Something as simple as his Spanish fly when someone runs towards him, the way he does it. He does it so easily that that he doesn't even get the credit he deserves for how athletic he is. But he's yeah, he's definitely one of those uh the one of those guys who sneaky athletic. But it was beautiful. I love the dive and it reminded me he he did it like we we all look for every takeover is a tradition. EO dives off something. He took her place just in that one little spot. <laughs> well, that, that that's beautiful as well because, like you said, EO's the coolest wrestler going, and Grimes to do that is also one of our favourites. Uh, and I'll let people in a little secret. You've got Cameron Grimes, Trent Seven, and then me. I'll leave that with everybody. <laughs> uh, this. <laughs> 
this was awesome, that dive off the top, and should have been the end. But unfortunately, oh, Knight yeah. tipped over the ladder and sent Grimes crashing into another. Ladder construction delivered. And then Ooh. L.A. Knight climbed up and retrieved the belt to win the match. And afterwards, WRC pulled the Million Dollar Championship out of the case. It was into Knight. There was sparkler-style pyro boxes on the ring apron that were set off. What were your thoughts on this match? My first initial initial thought was that damn Triple H. Like he did it again with that, because you he like again. It's not that he knew that how I felt like Cameron Grimes is supposed to win. He weaved the story that way on purpose, just so the perfect, the loud, <laughs> obnoxious heel character can ruin everyone's dreams. But I, I honestly, the match was so fun to me and so good uh, that the finish didn't take away from it. That that it didn't. Him playing spoiler went right in line with the the way he spoiled everything Cameron was trying to do at times. Any big spot that Cameron wanted to do, he was always one step ahead to spoil it. So him coming away with the finish that the win that matched in the same fashion worked for me. It was good to hear how over Cameron Grimes was. It was nice to see that it's not just us. You know, it's that, <laughs> that, the, that it's not just us who like him. We're not. You know, we're, we we all have been paying attention. We all been seeing how great Cameron Grimes is and has been, so especially since returning. So it was no, nice to see that, nice to see his reaction. If he wasn't sold on Grimes before this match, I just think this match is – I don't see how, but I think this match is another example of his greatness. And I have to give props to L.A. Knight. I, I always make the point to highlight how much I didn't care about him as Eli Drake. But L.A. Knight, man, he took a lot of damage not only in this match, like I mentioned before, a great foil, and his work has been a highlight when he's been given time so far ever since he's joined NXT, you know, especially on takeovers, even in that, uh, in that, you know, elimination match he was in, he's flashed, you know, you know, greatness in a lot of the times they've given him a chance. So I, I really have to give him props, especially since I've been killing him, you know, for a long time, uh, personally. So I really like that. He proved his worth in this match. Of course, I still believe Grimes should have won. But, you know, they just weave something beautiful. And uh, and now I'm excited for Grimes' chase for the title, you know. So I, I'm going with four and a half stars. Well, like I said, I mean, there's a lot of things to cover there. And it's true. It's like the, the journey. I think we got caught up in it. If you're thinking about the chase right. now for Grimes, it's going to be. I mean, think about Virgil beating a million-dollar man for that title and that reaction there. And that's, that's basically what you've got now of like exactly. Grimes kind of having that moment. And we asked about where Knight was going to go. We saw him debut at pre-show. We spoke about it. We wondered where he'd fit in. He's kind of a different type of character than we usually see. And now the Million Dollar Man, and um, I loved it on commentary where they're kind of talking about the last non-family member to hold a Million Dollar title was Steve Austin, which <laughs> just that, that little thing. It's like, you know, remember when King of, King of the Ring mattered and they go, you know, these are the guys that won it. Like, it actually kind of immense saying. Uh, I mean, the biggest match of Eva's career and both smashed it. An A for effort, neither held back. And Grimes is just so god damn likable yeah this was great i'm gonna give this a four and a half out of five as well it was everything you'd want from a takeover match isn't it you know i agree 100 percent. it had the story it had like like you said everyone fulfilled their roles perfectly and like i said cameron grimes in that role like even though we've always been liking him he still was wrestling primarily a heelish style really just up to this match really pretty much because even when he wrestled Jake Atlas a few weeks ago, he was kind of the bad guy 
in that scenario, the way he wrestled. In this particular match, seeing how easily he can his style, he can translate his style as a babyface. Also, it just it just puts him over the top. Like he's obviously going to be one of the biggest stars if they, especially if they keep him in the NXT, in NXT, and they just continue to grow. He can I, ne- this time next year. Who knows what he could be doing at Takeover? At you know, with this particular character, that's just how good I believe Cameron Grimes really has been in everything that he's been doing. But yeah, like you said, both guys shine in a big spot, and that's that's everything you can want out of uh, a match with this build and on this platform. Right. Yeah, well, prediction-wise, we both break Grimes, so it is two all um, at, at this moment. Is it two all? No, it's three all. No, yeah. we got it wrong, no. didn't we? We, we got, got it wrong. wrong. So it's two one. Oh god, see, I'm just got post match stress. <laughs> I'm thinking Grimes won it. He didn't. <laughs> we both got it wrong. We both got it wrong. God damn you. Um, poll wise, seventy nine percent for Grimes as well. So at least they Ooh, got it wrong. So we are wrong. Um, <laughs> we're all wrong together. Um, Todd Pettengill was going to pimp some T-shirts when Hit Row showed up and stopped him. They showed off the new Hit Row T-shirt and hyped their new song. Now you know and said it's available on Spotify and elsewhere. And then cameras cut backstage with producing security holding Cameron Cross and Pete Dunn apart. <laughs> of course, when Regal showed Poor up, Regal. wasn't please. <laughs> Poor Regal. Oh, my goodness. That was the underlying theme of not only this takeover, but, like, the last three or four NXTs. Poor William Regal. <laughs> but aren't you glad we caught it? Like, if we'd have missed yeah. that, you're like... <laughs> you know, Agreed. Mum. <laughs> we saw that thread. Um, but we move on to the uh, co-main event, shall we say. Uh, we see a video package for the NXT Women's Championship match between Raquel Gonzalez and Ember Moon. This was a great promo. I mean, I know you've got a lot of love for Ember Moon, but she is yeah. the history of NXT women. I mean, yeah, people go Charlotte, Bailey. I'll put Bailey there, but Ember Moon is up there. And like I said, the wars with Oscar, it just shows you the incredible kind of career she's had in NXT so far. Agreed. I think Ember gets forgotten. Oscar who was undefeated, literally, uh, you know, sometimes she gets mentioned, but I don't even think she gets the credit she deserves, you know, so I don't know why, I don't know if it's because they're not necessarily considered, like, four horse women, you know, a lot of people jump immediately to those four, and deservedly so in most cases, but, like, if you're talking about just overall NXT, and especially with the tag team accomplishments now, like, Ember Moon is definitely up there and definitely should be mentioned as one of the greatest in the in the women's division uh, in NXT. And another one who gets left out, which I don't understand how, is Shayna Baszler. She don't get enough love. Maybe it's because of the way they do her on the main roster, but Shayna Baszler had a great run also as NXT Women's Champion. But Ember Moon is definitely comes to my mind probably before, you know, certain people that we love. Like, I could, Ember is probably more important as far as NXT goes than maybe Becky Lynch's run. She was Becky Lynch is great, don't get me wrong, but she wasn't an NXT champion or on their level uh, in, in NXT and, and hasn't, like you said, those classic matches with Oscar and just oh. everything that Ember has been able to do uh, overall, you know, in her career in NXT. Yeah, definitely deserves the credit. And I loved her mentioning that, you know, it was the, cause like, it, like you said, people needs to be reminded that she's on their level. She is with the Charlotte, with the Bayley, with the Oscars, Sasha Banks. She's in that uh, conversation also. Oh, yeah, about that. I mean, just quickly touching it, you know, I, I love Oscar, and everybody that listens to the show will know that. 
But, uh, you know, apart from maybe Bailey against Banks, I've never been more emotionally attached to someone wanting to win the championship as much as right. Moon to finally get that victory over Oscar, which she never had, which I think is an even better story at the time because you felt even, you, you backed through even more afterwards. But we're back in there now because she's going to face Raquel Gonzalez. We see the ring uh, announcer Alicia Taylor delivering the introductions. And then we see Moon hit a drop kick as soon as the ref called for LaBelle. She was aggressive. She kept Gonzalez reeling with quick strikes. But Gonzalez stopped on her tracks by refusing to go down from a cross body. She sent Moon flying into barricade from the apron with a shoulder tackle. The powerhouse yanked Moon off the mat and into a sidewalk slam with one arm. <laughs> in an impressive, I say an impressive show of power. Bit of an understatement that would be, yeah. wouldn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, man. She, she does one or two things every match where it's just like, that was too easy. <laughs> like yeah. she just make it look so easy. Like just she's these are other be- human beings that she's just tossing around with ease. So yeah, she's she's unbelievably strong. Well, we see Moon begin to build some momentum after a series of strikes and a code red for a close two count. The former champion wrapped the current champion in submission. Gonzalez made it to the bottom rope with Kai's help. Moon retaliated by taking Gonzalez out with a missile-like suicide dive. And again, you're going to say about my attention to detail, Beth Phoenix did a great job to avoid trouble with her headset. She noticed that people were coming over and kind of flicked it round rather than it getting caught up. And I thought for someone that's only been doing commentary for like, you know, six months or so, really well done, Beth. I would have tweeted it, but no one would have cared. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, because I know I didn't notice that. Uh, but I will say this. The commentators, uh, it's always hilarious when, they, when for some reason, they're not ready for it. You know, I love when, when, when they just get caught in the middle of it. I don't know how. Like, you, can, you see them walking towards you, and you still have to jump up at the last second. It's hilarious all the time. So I do, I do think that she, if she showed the foresight like that, She's wise beyond her commentating years. <laughs> yeah. uh, we see Kai distracted, open the door for Gonzalez to try several things, but Moon refused to stay down for the count. She hit Gonzalez with the eclipse, but when she went for the pin, Kai put the yeah. foot on the rope to break the count. I mean, <sighs> she can't beat the eclipse, can she? Was this? Uh, did this take away from Gonzalez a little bit that Kai? Had to help her. I was, that was going to be part of my takeaway, man. I really hated that. I really did. Because I, I even mentioned it in our update. I really would have preferred if Raquel found a way to either power out or do the, do the dramatic roll out of the ring. Anything other than, you know, uh, I definitely didn't expect it to need her to need Kai. Because one of the, and I know she's in a different place character-wise now than she was when she beat, I mean, beat EO in that situation, but when you beat EO the way you did, not needing any help, she took moonsaults and, you know, she got ultimately put over, basically, by uh, EO. And then you get in this situation and now you have Kai. I know y'all are trying to be extra heelish now, I guess, or or now you're back into your heel role that they were using for much of last year. Uh, But it definitely took away from Gonzalez to me uh, you know, and, and it's, it, it's not a big deal. It's not a bad thing because it is the Eclipse. I told you guys, told you last time in the update, the Eclipse is literally one of the most protected, as it should have been, as it should be because it's awesome, one of the most protected finishers in WWE ever since she's been using it. So I don't mind it because it is the Eclipse, but I really wish she just rolled out of the ring or got her leg up on her on her own 
because that does kind of take away from everything that Raquel has been building because she's been so dominant and unstoppable, whether she had Dakota with her or or not. And so... Yeah, I was say, and it makes you think, well, they point of Kai and Kai will be saying well look at these moments where I did right. help you out but her getting involved did bring the returning Shotzi Blackheart out to chase her to the back it's great and to see Shotzi she's, kind of, she's like, yeah, she's exactly. like a band-aid when you cut and you get cut she just made, she made it all better made the boo-boo better as they say around here <laughs> I'll let her kiss my boo-boo I should say <laughs> but the <laughs> oh god the, <laughs> The battle of the hair colour between the two as well, <laughs> yeah, as they fought to the back. Um, yeah. Moon, <laughs> Moon hit today the DT onto the elevator platform next to the ring for a near fall. Fucking hell, Gonzalez just went splat yeah. on the outside. Yeah. Uh, and then moments later, Gonzalez blocked an eclipse. I don't know if they botched the first part of the... the I don't know if it was going to go straight from the eclipse into the one-armed powerbomb, but they yeah. did a kind of Remaneuver show, so to speak. One arm power bomb. Gonzalez retained her championship, so she did have a reversal for the eclipse. Is the question we asked on update the other day. Uh, but what did you think about the match overall? Overall, I thought the match was uh, was solid. You know, I I didn't think it was anything wrong with it. It was really good to watch. It's always fun to see how creative they these guys these girls can be. When it comes to not only overcoming Gonzalez's power, but using her power to make, you know, unique, you know, like we said, not only reversals, but just unique spots in general. So I just love looking at the many different ways that they, they try to do it. And I thought Emma Moon did a great job of being creative. And I thought uh, Raquel did, a, you know, like she said, she overcame some sick spots at times. So she still looked tough. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to say, she needed Kai to win uh, in that. But, like, when you do it like that and it, it is after the clips, you can't look at that any other way. It did, like you said, it did accomplish the goal of bringing Shotzi Blackheart back. So I did think that that made it better. But at the same time, uh, Gonzalez did not look as unstoppable. So it is, it is kind of nice to see a chink in that armor, kind of. And I do love the prospect of down the line, uh, like you said, Dakota Kai, possibly bringing up that you needed me or I think even Wade Barrett literally said uh she got a piece she uh that, that Dakota Kai has a piece of that championship or has a right to a piece of that championship and like I'm just saying even him talking like that just sound like down the line Raquel will have a problem with that thought process because at the end of the day she earned that on her own so uh anyway it goes the future is probably definitely bright I can't wait to see what else happened maybe even I think Ember would, would deserve another shot. So maybe even another shot for Ember, especially with uh, that, that finish. But we'll see what happens. I, overall, I gave it all three and a half. Uh, I thought this was a great match, actually considering uh, this was after the ladder match as well, you know? Right. I think yeah. cre- credit to both. Uh, NXT sure do build dominant women. I mean, mentioned what Oscar, Basil, Allaire, and Gonzalez is another one. Mm. Uh, but she might need to turn face because we talked about the Kai feud being there. Uh, and especially with, as we saw earlier with T and Shah and what they can maybe bring. Right. Uh, Gonzalez as a face versus them, uh, I think might work out. Is that where we're kind of going with this? Do you think? Because Gonzalez, when she smiles, it's so fucking intimidating. But I think as a face, just as long as she does exactly the same things, it will work, you know? I agree. I think she's one of those 
even like uh, Rhea Ripley is a great example of someone who doesn't have to change too much to flip that switch. Like it really is all determined by how Rhea talks that day or who she's talking to. Yeah. Like that's how that's how it works with Rhea Ripley kind of. Like she can be a heel one night and uh, more of a face the next, but it really just det- is determined by her opponent. I think uh, Gonzalez's character can work in a similar fashion. And also, like you said, with some, with like I said, the, a baby face a lot of times is only as good as the, the heel and the heel vice versa. You know what I mean? So with yeah. the right story and the right type of heel, someone like Dakota Kai who can take advantage, maybe even find some new muscle to replace her, to help out down the line. Who knows what that can turn into? You have so many options that you can do uh, that you can do down the line, and I think more options than with uh, Gonzalez as a heel. But it has to be a reason why I don't think they they went on ahead and that, that, why they're trying not to pull the trigger. Maybe it's because Ember is just such a a great contender that they thought it'd be smarter to make her a heel for this scenario. But I think definitely before Raquel loses this first reign, I think she would probably turn face uh, down the line. I would have to agree there. Prediction-wise, we both went Gonzalez, so we are locked at three all part-wise. Gonzalez got 70%. Uh, and we talked about, like, kind of... I didn't even think about Kai getting new muscle, much like, you know, uh, when Shawn Michaels got Sid after he got rid of Diesel. <laughs> exactly. And, That's exactly what my mind was. Well, speaking of that, did you see the pictures? Because, of course, we're going to get onto the main event in a minute with Johnny Gagano dressed as HBK. <laughs> but Austin Theory dressed as Diesel <laughs> might be one of my favourite thing this year. <laughs> He's yeah. posing with Shawn Michaels. It was beautiful. And then, you know, uh, Indy, uh, Indy was Razor. I think, I'm, a, I'm assuming Candace was also Razor. I think they all were, they both were Razor. Or I think the dog was Hunter. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dog was Hunter. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, where's Hunter and one, two, three kid? You know, complete the, go on, get some, you know, throw everyone in there if you want. But anyway, uh, it was great to see that, though. I liked it. Uh, and I do love theory trying to look as jacked as possible, even though there's nothing he could possibly do to look seven foot. There's nothing he could do to be seven foot, but he tried and he, he, he probably, I don't know. As a matter of fact, if you look at the picture, he has his chest poked out to the point to where I don't think he was that photo. <laughs> I don't think but this, this is the thing. And you know, you wonder why it's like, <laughs> why do you enjoy NXT and go, look at that picture that encapsulates everything that we enjoy about NXT update and doing the takeover shows. Obviously with the great wrestling, but that as well, you know, I love it. Yeah, and NXT is great with that, like, not only being new and putting over new characters and trying new things, but also always giving that tip of the hat to the past. And if you're, if you're, if you grew up watching, you know, this stuff like I did or like we did, it, it just, it's always cool to mix that in with, uh, you know, today's product. It's always a nice little nod. And especially when you're being, you know, like like we always say, entertaining about it. And they've been doing that for a while now. So, yeah, I agree. That picture is a perfect example of a lot of the things that we love about it. Well, we see Tom Pettengill speaking backstage about someone stealing his Walkman. He then plays oh, the old kar- karate fighters game with Dexter Loomis. Pettengill asked how the women are treating him, and Loomis got really <laughs> pissed and pulled off Pettengill's fight. Pettengill told him that he'd won it fair and square. Again, this is just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Pengill hasn't been watching the show. No wonder the ratings are inconsistent. <laughs> Why would you ask him that, Dexter? <laughs> Come on, Pengill. <laughs> uh, we see we see an advert 
for NXT hyping the Great American Bash, which is going to be a themed episode of the weekly television show for July 6th. So I guess NXT update the next time that both of us will be together, say July 10th that weekend and afterwards. Sounds good to me. Yeah, the 10th. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sounds like a good time. <laughs> I can edit out if it's not. It's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Like promising stuff on the air and then something happens and now I have to let all of you down. <laughs> uh, well, for the broadcast we, no, team we're height, good as of right now. We're good. We're good. The broadcast team hyped the previous announced tonight, the tag match and announced another Kushida Open Challenge for NXT. And then we see a video package setting up the main event. We see John Agarno backstage prior to making his entrance. He walked past William Regal and security, preventing Ember Moon. <laughs> and shortly back up and fight with Gonzalez and Guy. I mean, Regal was just, his head was right in the middle of oh, everything at this point. Every single time. And his face, and I love it. He was legit. He looked legit stressed because he's turning redder and redder with each interaction throughout the night. Throughout the night, he's just more and more stressed. Just having to do break up fights. Like, oh, again, poor William Regal. <laughs> uh, well, so it is the main event. It's Karen Cross defending the NXT Championship versus Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, and Johnny Gagano in a five-way match. And it should come as no surprise that this bout started with a quick pace and never slowed down for a second. All five of these superstars known for athleticism and intensity of styles are different but they can work at breakneck speeds. And what I liked about this was Cross had a single time with every one of the challenges as well yes. when he had to go in. Yes, I thought that was beautifully constructed. Also, something that just seemed like it goes hand in hand with the story that they all been telling, especially with, and it goes great with Cross's character. You know, he wanted everyone. So like everyone gets a shot at the champion, you know, uh, you know, gets their one-on-one shot at him. So it was just a great, great, I don't know who came up with that, but, yeah, definitely a, a beautiful way to start off. Well, they had to team up to take Cross out. At one point, Garno Dunn shoved Cross through the front door to stage set. This took him out of the match for a few minutes. And then the other four men went back to the ring and began paying up for different sequences. It was so good that you forgot the setup sequences. And what I mean by that is you see, I think, Cole being put in a trio row with um, like maybe Dunn in the corner. And then you forget about Gagano having the exchange. And then they hit the drop kick. And you go, well, of course that was set up for. But like the last <laughs> construction. But because it's so good, you forget yeah. about it and actually go into the action of it. Um, we see Cross returning from a break and hitting a big F5 <laughs> on Gagano. Uh, Gagano came back from the suicide dive onto O'Reilly. He appeared to hit his head on the bottom of the broadcast table. Gagano followed up with a dive on Cross and done. Uh, and done. And he turned that into a DDT. We talk about Johnny Takeover. Yeah. Like, that was just another level. And then Cole and Gagano up fighting inside the ring. Talk about classic rivalries there. Cole went for the Panama Sunrise, but Gagano stuffed it and counted it into a pole drive style move for a near fall. Gagano formed a poison runner on Dunn that was seen by Big Boot from Cole. All, fallages, all challenges were down inside the ring where this is awesome chant broke out. Um, Dunn, <laughs> Dunn hit the bit of rain and cover cross who kicked out at two. Uh, Dunn went for a triangle through elbows to the head. The other three challenges turned something to break up the submission. Dom yep. stomped the hands of riding gun and then kicked both men. And then Dunn set up joint manipulation on Cole, but Cross gave both men a double Cito suplex. Cross cleared the ring and put Dunn in the cross jacket submission hold. Dunn snapped Cross's fingers to break it. Gagano took out Dunn. Cross immediately put Gagano in his finisher. Gagano pushed off the ropes and into a pin for the two count. 
Cross maintained the hold, but Cole broke with a last shot. O'Reilly then took Cole out and from the top rope knee drop on Cross and had him pinned, but Cole broke up with a super kick. He then threw a Susan super kick at the opponent. O'Reilly put Cole in a hill hot hook, but just as it looked like he was more interested in Adam Cole than anybody else, Cross returned to the put O'Reilly in this cross jacket submission and got the win when O'Reilly passed out. And whilst I take a breath, what did you think of that match? <laughs> and I'm glad, you know, the fact that you, you know, ran out of breath is a perfect way to break this down because it was at a breakneck pace. It was so, like you said, it was so many times in this match where it was just almost too much to keep up with, you know, and I, I and I, I love that element. I love like how frantic it was. Cole and O'Reilly worked together at one point to take out Cross with the, uh, you know, with the shield like power bomb. I love that that spot, knowing that, you know, they hate each other and watching them do that. It was just a great, great little callback to that rivalry. Uh, you know, Dunn and Cross having a standoff at one point, basically, had me just, it was like one of them, had me just so hyped. It was, I was very, very hyped. And, you know, everyone in this mo- everyone in the match had moments to shine as you broke down, you know, uh, and with Cross still prevailing and looking great in the process, you know, uh, I just, I love, though, this is what I love the most. He won, and it wasn't in a way that made that that continued that unbeatable feeling that he had, because it was many moments at that time in that match where not even just not just uh you know him beating not not just like them having chance to win the title from other people like like for example, but like Kyle O'Reilly had him had him in a, a predicament where he, where the match could have been over. Uh, he done hit the bitter end, even though he kicked out early in a, on like a, on an early two count, like nowhere close to three it still was a a predicament that we've never really got a chance to see cross in. So him not looking unbeatable has me so excited for possible one-on-one contenders like Adam Cole, like Pete Dunn, maybe O'Reilly down. Matter of fact, all of these guys in a one-on-one scenario could challenge cross in the future. And I would be happy about it based on not only just how much we got to see of a teaser of what a one-on-one match with these guys would be like. And just when you when whenever Cross took his breaks a couple of times, and you just let the other four guys have a fatal four way, the match was just almost like. And not to say Cross held them back because he didn't. He was he contributed, and I thought his uh, his addition to the match was a nice. Uh, he was a great addition plus a, addition along with the story that they were trying to tell. Anyway, he did he could fulfill his goal perfectly. But all four of those guys. When they were by themselves, you can't tell me. It's, it's like they almost went to another gig. Yeah, is, you see what I mean? The thing is, as, as, I, as I what I put, apart from Cross, all four up there with the Wells best. Now, that's not having a go at Cross because Cross is out of the five. If right. you go like, which which one of these dudes is going to be a WWE champion? Cross. Because exactly. of his look. Do you know? And that's not a go at the other four, but the other four, and they are, they are the best, you know, like a Riley, maybe you could argue, but the other three, like their yeah, track record over the past three. three years is incredible. Like I said, this match in itself was just, I mean, even though it was predictable and, and stuff, like, it just the action was jaw dropping at times. You're going, oh, this was a proper main event, you know, like, and even you said the finish of it was clever because it wasn't cross dumping, each man out individually and finally finishing it. It was him with, like you said, O'Reilly taking his off the ball for a second, exactly. getting caught. And it was kind of like Cross getting out of there, you know, as in, I've got the submission, let's get out of it. And I've, I've survived it, so to speak, which we've never seen before. Agreed. Like, that's exactly what I mean. Like, this, uh, in every other match, he decisively 
finish the his opponent, whether it was Cole, whether it was Keith Lee, uh, you know, uh, no matter who it is, Balor, he has been decisively the better man. And in that particular match, you can't tell me that it wasn't some people not who not only looked better in moments, uh, it was situations where it looked like Cross definitely could have lost this match. And like I said, it was predictable. But that predictability went away many times based on not only what happened when Cross was not involved, but even when he was involved, he didn't look leaps and bounds better than Pete Dunne. He didn't look leaps and bounds more dominant than Adam Cole or anybody. You know what I mean? He was on their level, but he wasn't on their level because when they were, like I said, they went into another gear, even with Kyle included. Like Kyle may not be may not have the name value that the other guys got, but I believe as far as in-ring work, as far as grappling, striking, we know what he did with Finn Balor. He is also of the, in, that, in that league of can has that special gear. And I think everyone else in this match went to this, take this special gear that only certain guys in this business can go to. And that's why I believe, like you said, those three guys especially are like top five, top ten in the world you know, at, at, at this stuff. And that's because of, you know, like those just, like you said, it's moments in this match where I can't describe it. I won't, I, I would recommend that you just go seek it out and watch yeah. the, their interactions because that's just how good it was. This is, it yeah, is me, like a yeah. perfect main event. Great main anybody, event. Sorry, I was about to say, anybody just listening to me and going, that sounds like a good match. Like literally, I fucking murdered it. Like go and watch it. Like, I can't <laughs> do it justice. Like me going and then he kicked him is not said so carry on about how great the match is. Exactly. It's just it's so good. Like I'm I'm running out of things to say. And then like I said, from a storytelling standpoint going forward, now cross if you asked me a couple updates ago who would challenge cross and I couldn't think of anyone who had a chance. Coming out of this match, like I said, I got at least three or four good challengers who I believe now like you said, Pete Dunn, we said that would be a great matchup, but now it's, it looks even more like he's even more of a threat because in the few times that they got a chance to touch, Pete Dunn, he showed that he could get out of the cross jacket with, uh, with a little bit of joint manipulation. He showed uh, that he can strike with cross. He can use, he can hit the bitter end on cross. So that's a great match that I would be looking forward to see. Adam Cole took advantage of a lot of great scenarios, but at the same time, we all know that's, that's part of Adam Cole's thing. He, he doesn't stay down. And he's, he's he's very, very smart. I believe that that can work against Cross. Like, there's a lot of things that I didn't know. I didn't think Cross was – Cross has looked unbeatable. And this time, they literally brought him down to the division's level in this one match. And I thought it was a beautiful way to do it. Yeah. Uh, and the question is now, you start thinking, like, Cross maybe got away of it because people's off the ball against a fully motivated, you know, Kagana Cole – or right. even a Dunn in a one-on-one matchup, you're going, well, you know, especially now, I mean, personally, like, Dunn and Cross is a match that we have to see before uh, either man gets called up or moved on or anything like that. Like I said, it's incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, I would say we're going to score this out of five. I just want to go back to the women's match because I know you gave that a three and a half for the women. I'm gonna get, I gave that a four and a quarter for anybody listening in and for my own records as well. For the main event out of five, I don't think it's any surprise but what are we going to score? What are you going to score it? I gave it a four and a quarter, actually. I uh, did not think, honestly, that it was it did the same thing for me that the ladder match had. But I, I loved every second of it. I actually probably raised that to four and a half. The only thing that Crowley could take away from it is that 
I figured it was no way Cross was not leaving there at the championship, and that kind of takes away from it. But the predictability did not matter once you watched it. Look, I'm not going to have a go at any other wrestling promotion because everybody can watch, and I do watch probably every other fucking wrestling promotion anyway. <laughs> but it is nice. I don't know. I'm going to get the overall ranking in a minute. But it's nice to have a main event match that it delivered. Wherever it's, yeah. it said, these are the five best in NXT. They're going to try and go for the title. And that's what we got. I loved it. I, I could watch matches like that all day long with the talent involved. That's a five out of five for me. That is that is I up there. I, I just I just I thought it was fantastic. Um, prediction, prediction wise, we both went for cross. So it ends four all final scores. It's a draw. for <laughs> The thing is, we were both playing it safe. I think if one of us would have took that chance on night we could be standing here maybe the next time we do a takeover one of us will or bottle it and it'll be a draw again it'll be interesting to see (laughs) (laughs) interesting to see what happens there uh prediction wise uh sorry poll wise even uh cross got 67 percent of the vote adam cole got 14 percent kyle o'reilly 10 percent done nine percent johnny gagana got nothing wow yeah man yeah and then backstage Mackenzie Mitchell asked winning Regal for his thoughts on the show Regal said it's been seven years since he became the general manager of NXT the objective Regal said he thinks it's time for a change (gasps) oh seven fucking years right before we get on to that let's just have a look at the paper you quickly of course we do MVP uh so who was your well first of all I'll give my man of the take man or woman of takeover can be either uh I but I've now, I'm going to say Cameron Grimes is my MVP of the show because, yes, he may have lost, but those he took bigger bumps in that ladder match than yeah. LA Knight did. Uh, so I've got to give it to him. But then again, you could give it to everybody on a show because everybody it, it delivered again, you know? I agree. I thought it was a, overall a really good show. Uh, my uh, Cameron Grimes definitely was my MVP of the, of the night. Uh, he, again... Like I said, it was nice to see that sometimes when you're doing this job, especially without fans, it's hard to gauge uh, what is the public opinion on a on a on a character or on a person. Uh, you know, uh, when when it comes to wrestling, so it was so good to hear everyone's reaction and just show that these vignettes, everything that he's been doing since coming back, has been working not just on me but on everyone else. And he backed it up in, with his performance in the ring. And like you said, even in a loss, he deserves MVP for, for that, in my opinion. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Uh, match of the night, I've gone for the main event of the show, uh, and your pick was the ladder match. I don't think uh, we can argue about either. So now it's nah. overall overall rating out of 10. Um, now, before you, I, I'll give mine first, because then, I, again, I've not influenced people with scores, and I gave a lot of eight and three quarters recently because, you know, the shows have been good, but maybe not all that. I'm going to give this show a nine and a quarter out of ten. Now, the reason is, is it was two hours and 20 minutes long. You forget about the kickoff, yeah. you can listen to the podcast. 2.20, five matches, all given time. I love takeovers anyway, there's no doubt about it. You've got the perfect length between there. You don't get bored of anything. If you're a, a, a smoker, if you want a break, you can have a break after two matches and then come back to it as well or whatever it is. It's it's perfect the way it is. Um, every match delivered for me. And that main event, like I said, I could watch all day long. The only problem was Grimes losing. And it's going to set me up for the journey for him winning now. So nine and a quarter out of ten. I know nothing really happened. 
but it was just a great show overall. Yeah, I thought it was really, really fun. Uh, I overall, I think I gave it like eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half is what I wrote down out of ten. I, I thought it still accomplished everything needed to be. Like I said, even if even if some of my match star ratings was harsh, it wasn't based on you know anything that anyone did. I thought every like I said, every match delivered, every story that they were intended to tell, I got, I understood. I you know uh, I thought it worked well. Uh, but I just didn't think it was uh, as good as maybe some of their other cards. But again, we talked about this with NXT. They have like such a, a a great reputation of just like strong shows. Like you said, it's always been it's been paced pretty well in the past. This is one of their better paced shows. Uh, I, I recommend that everyone take a, take time out to check it out because it was really really good. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying anything less than what you're saying. But at the same time, there was some moments here and there that I could have done without, you know, but, you know, I think only by comparison to its peers does this show kind of fall off. But when, uh, as far as like a great wrestling show to watch and just special all together, definitely go watch it. And it deserves all the praise you're giving it, James. I won't, I would not disagree there, but the only way I will take away it off of it is like, I don't think it really is as good as some other show that they've put on. Oh, no, yeah, I completely agree with you. But I think for me, it's just a nice, fresh, it's a nice fresh air, uh, especially with Taco. And again, maybe I am a little bit biased, but fuck it. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> we, uh, we move on to the poll. We asked everybody what they thought of the pay-per-view event. Uh, OK got 16.7%. Good got 26.7%. The same as Awesome, which got 26.7%. But everybody overall, 30%, said this show was great. And there's no doubt about it. But finally, finally, before we leave, uh, reports, uh, of course, about William Regal, maybe after seven years wanting to walk away. There, there's time for a change. It seems to be the cue for someone's return. Because there's been loads of rumours that Samoa Joe is returning to NXT. Apparently Triple H just snatched him back when higher-ups gave their blessing for Joe to return to the company. He has signed him. Now, Joe might not be uh, medically cleared, but to come back... I mean, first off, Samoa Joe coming back to NXT is going to be fantastic. But would you want to see Regal replaced or like just a beef up, you know, a backup for him? I was just thinking that part of me, uh, originally when I seen this and I saw the rumors also not too long, uh, the next day after TakeOver pretty much, uh, uh, at first I was like, I don't, you know, I, I was definitely happy because like I said, Samoa Joe anyways, for me, like I'm, I'm old school, like TNA, NWA, like way back in the day, Samoa Joe fan. That's my guy. As a matter of fact, as a chubby kid growing up, nobody, it was nobody I wanted to be more than Samoa Joe. Come on, man. I love Samoa Joe. But anyway, besides that, uh, besides me being a stand for Samoa Joe in many ways, uh, I think he's, uh, I, didn't, I don't know how I would have felt if he just take over for Regal as GM uh, because I don't necessarily know if I want him in that role. But as a muscle for William Regal, or someone who's going to be like a back, not necessarily a backstage enforcer, even though that's kind of a funny name in general, but like someone who could keep things in line when he makes his announcement, make sure that the respect, like Cross just straight up disrespected Regal, like yeah. his authority meant nothing. And I don't think he'll do that if he got somebody like some more Joe on the side of him. So 
I think that would be a nice way. But then again, if Joe is in that position, I don't think they'll be disrespecting him like that. But you would think Regal would have that same respect. I mean, Regal was dangerous. But, you know, maybe it's the age difference. I don't know. But, you know, I, I think I mean, Joe yeah, like is the way said, it would be an asset. Well, right, uh, and, you know, talk about Joe in NXT is an asset. But just on that quick point, we saw an NXT update where Karen Cross says, I don't answer to you, you know, to winning Regal. Like, shut up. Imagine... Right doing that to fucking Joe and having that face off. Like, I mean, come on. Like, let's give my money. Here's my money. Like, exactly. I mean, man, like, and I know people are going to say, well, Joe coming back. So, you so fucking what? Joe's a legend in NXT. Like you said, talk yeah, about exactly. great NXT champions. Uh, we started at the True. start of the show. Joe is definitely up there. Uh, and it is just great news all around. Uh, so that's nearly it. So obviously we're going to do our next update in july what are your hopes and aspirations in the next month the next time we meet up what do you hope or what do you what do you want to happen on nxt and what we're talking about basically uh so uh for like you said with with that if tomorrow joe is the person i would like maybe like either a muscle role or if he takes over as general manager you know i would definitely love someone to try some of that stuff that they would do with Samoa joe and Samoa joe to just show this is not how this is going to work. I would love to see how that is expressed and how that would go over. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, and then as far as uh, the scene goes, and as far as just like whatever everyone is doing, I would love to, for them to build up to either an Adam Cole or either a, a Pete Dunn matchup for Cross for before Bash. I would like them to move uh, for the, uh, for that, move forward towards that. Uh, or at least some, I, like, I, I can see Gargano ha- having a lot to say and saying he wasn't pinned, so I can see maybe a uh, Cole Gargano done triple threat or something for a shot at, at a, the American Bash, maybe something like that. Uh, with the timing being so close, this is July, the beginning of July is so, so will be here before you know it. I think we may get a Blackheart and, and a Gonzalez match, maybe or possibly, or maybe an Ember Moon rematch based on uh, that, and maybe they'll put them in a cage to keep Dakota Kai and Shotzi away. Something like that. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, that's what I can think of. Uh, an actual proper one-on-one match between Escobar and uh, Reed will also be something to look forward to, or at least whatever they're doing it, it, with involvement with each other. And uh, maybe we'll get some Dangerous Bastards. You know, not only will GYV and Dangerous Bastards be fighting on the newest episode of NXT, uh, I believe uh, it'd be nice to see what, what we get as far as the tag team division goes. Uh, and also for the ladies tag division, it'd be nice for those girls to get uh, some contenders from somewhere. I'm not sure who that's probably the problem, but <laughs> something <laughs> like that going forward would be great, too. But, yeah, I know that's a lot, but I think that's pretty much the only thing I can think of. Right you now. don't ask for much, do you? Yeah, no, no, no. But that's, for a lot, huh? <laughs> that's the thing. But we got Shida in action as well. But one of these things, yeah. like, you know, one of these things about oh fucking EO show I'm gonna come More back to it. but this is the best thing about NXT that I can say personally is I'm not micromanaging it you know with right. AW with AW and, and WB I can see people and that's you know sometimes I might do this okay oh I want him to be here I want him to do this with right, NXT right. it feels like feels like we just sit down we put on our fucking seat belts we look at each other and go right let's go on this ride and we'll see where the month takes us you know I agree 100% because as good as everything I just said sound a lot of times, if I just trust what Triple H has going, 
we get paid. We get a great payoff at the end of the day, usually. So uh, he had, they have a great track record, like I said, at NXT for giving us what we want, even if we realize that's not, even if we don't realize it. That that's what we want at the time. It's the old Batman thing, isn't it? Yeah, give exactly. you the hero you need instead of the hero you want. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, we can you can just go down the list of things that we talked about it last year. Like for example, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Romance. Were you thinking of that last year? Hell no. So like, is they do it all? He does it all the time, and you end up invested in something that you didn't even see coming. So I can't wait to see what's next. Well, as I was about to say, the Triple H is, you know, he's backstage in his Bane mask going, what's NXT is burning? You have my permission to die. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> that is it. Enough shenanigans. Uh, I'm, look, I'm not racist, but no, actually, no, no I'm not going to do that. <laughs> if you learn anything <laughs> from this show, learn that, that that phrase that is, is a setup for failure. Right? <laughs> Don't say that. Don't watch pre-shows as well. They're the two things. One thing you do do, though, is make sure you follow us on social media. Twitter, at the Dublin Podcast. I'm at the Dublin RJR. Monty, where are you? That's a good question. I, I was muted, so it actually felt like I went somewhere. <laughs> uh, I'm at my Monty Pod on Twitter. You know, hit me up on there. I have a podcast called Mind and Monty Twitter. You can check that out. Uh, I will be getting back on to that. We've been on vacation, so it may not be a time to actually check it out. So until then, hit me up on my Monty Twitter. I mean, I at my Monty Pod on Twitter. Gotta let me say it right. And uh, yeah, you know, I'll be there. Yeah, I got to apologise. I do call you Monty all the time rather than your actual handle or anything else like that. And Monty but works. Then again, works. yeah, you call me. There you go. You know, you know. Yeah, come on, man. At some <laughs> point, at some point, we're gonna like. Do you want me to just at Dubinar? How do you feel about the yeah. show? Today? Like, no. <laughs> No, well, yeah. at mind of Monty Pod, I, I <laughs> Well, I've got to say, oh, I've got to finish this fucking outro first. Anyway, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email and hate emails at the Dublin Podcast at gmail.com. I'm still going through some from NXT update and YouTube, Dublin Podcast. People <laughs> like to skip some podcasts. Got the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, break, and review. Let's say that is it. Our next episode together, Monty, will be July 10th, NXT update. The next episode on the WNR will be the Raw Review and SmackDown summary on the cusp of hell in the cell. Uh, but I will say, like, this is a takeover review. And like we did NXT update, it was meant to be four episodes of NXT, it's meant to be a takeover. But it's so much more than that. And it is so fun. And it just, it flies by. And again, I get, thank you very much for, for joining me on here. And, you know, like I said, NXT is, is a monthly highlight with the amount of wrestling we've got to watch as well, you know? Oh, man, you don't understand. Like, I'm always looking forward to it. I'm, I'm seeing little things on the show, and I'm like, now that will make James laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we're, so, like, I'm getting to know you in the process. So, it's all, it's all beautiful, man. I love it. I'm always looking forward to the next NXT update. So, uh, yeah. Can't wait to hear from you guys next month. Without a doubt, yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. I have been James Burns. I was joined by the fantastic Monty. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Adios.